0: Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Penick, presented by John Boy Media. Justin, DeAndre Baker, this stuff is starting to heat up. It's starting to get really interesting, but I'm, I'm going to start off with something. I'm aggravated as hell, Justin. Yeah, well, I might kill you one day. Great, great. You're trying to lighten the mood. I, I You know what? I am aggravated, and I want to be <laughs> candid with the listeners, I'll start off with a positive. We have an interview that we were already recorded with Dan Snyder. We'll put that out next Tuesday. Figured that I wanted that to be its own episode and that'll be a good one to put out the day after Memorial Day so we can enjoy our Memorial Days. So that'll be out next week. But what I'm aggravated about is I'm so tired of people giving us BS excuses. People that say, I'll come on the pod, I'll come on the pod and they don't come on. We had these two interviews lined up today and I'm just so aggravated. at These BS excuses, man. It's like we had this show lined up we're like this is gonna be our most downloaded show ever because of these two guests when you combine them together with the relevant news of DeAndre Baker and I'm like actually ticked off about it Justin I just I feel like we need to be candid with the listeners about that.
1: All right well yin and yang right Yin and yang Bobby you're a little frustrated uh, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. I think the people, and everybody who's listening, they appreciate hearing our voices. They appreciate hearing our banter. They appreciate hearing our conversations. And when people, it's convenient for them to come on. I think people ah, appreciate bullcrap. that.
0: One of these people I've been trying to get on for weeks, and it's not even like it's a huge get either. It'd be one thing if we if I was like talking about, you know, if I was talking about you know Amon Brown, like a, a guy from one of those Super Bowl teams, then it'd be one thing. It's like okay, he's a player, but no, there's no no more excuses. This is BS, Justin.
1: Well, I'm sorry to you. I really do apologize because you're the one that's handling all this. You know, I, you know, me just being me, I do some technical behind the scenes stuff. You're you're the you're the PR person.
0: One thing, if it's an hour, it's like we're trying like like with Dan Schneider, where it's like it's a 45 minute to an hour interview. That's one thing. If it's hard to like work in, but when it's like 20 minutes, like don't tell me you don't have time. Get out of here. I don't even do go work anyway. Anyways, all right, Justin, how are you doing though? I'm, I'm I had to get that
1: off my chest. Well, this was the soundbite that I was going to play once you asked me how I'm doing.
0: Yeah, well, I might kill you one day. I, d- I can't stand any soundbite that is either mine or your voice.
1: Jeez. That's the whole point of having soundbites. It's funny, funny little tidbits I that like we I like
0: soundbites that are from movies and, and TV shows and stuff like that. Or like the Beat His Ass one from the
1: Bengals game. I like um. that one. Oh yes, yes, but not a lot of people understand where that comes from. You gotta, you gotta be like a, you gotta be like an OG bleeding blue listener for that.
0: You are proving my point with that—that that people who are listening to this, like, <laughs> why is this guy randomly saying this random quote? So that's why I can't stand uh, the drops. I can't stand right.
1: them. Well, anyway, I'm doing all right. I'm doing well. I've been going out for more walks the last couple of days. You know, recognizing that you know, let's let's start interacting with a little with some people a little bit. You know, friends. I you know I I, I got to see some friends and stuff like that. It's been nice. I got a pretty pretty darn uh, bad haircut. As Bobby Skinner saw before the show, he made some jokes. You look like a skinhead. <laughs> oh, geez, it 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 made me laugh. Like it didn't hurt me. My feeling, I really don't get my feelings hurt. It takes a lot to hurt my feelings. So
0: yeah, Nazis like you don't really have their feelings hurt too often.
1: Uh, I. I didn't think you were going to go there. I was going to keep the joke exclusively to you and me, but there you go. That's, yeah, Bobby Skinner basically called me a Nazi. You That's look a like good that. soundbite right there.
0: I mean, I know you're not one, but you look like it. A- All right, let's talk about DeAndre Baker, though. We're four yeah, minutes let's in. Do let's, that. let's get to it. He had his bond hearing, and we'll kind of go through it. But, Justin, I feel like we were, like, the leaders of the, of the crew saying, like, hey, relax. Like, let's let this play out. He's not, like. I had so many people repeating to me the 1020 life law, like I didn't know the Florida uh, 1020 life law. I'm like, that is my point. Is he's not going to get that? This is going to be settled, Justin. We played it too conservative. This guy might completely get off. I mean, this case is dunzo, man. Like the the police department screwed this up. There are only four witnesses now have given the other lawyers affidavit, supposedly saying that they uh that they weren't involved or it didn't go down the way they did. And that really is the only evidence they had. I mean we'll go through some of the things and we'll do we'll do the whole fake street lawyer thing. But I mean I don't think DeAndre Baker's gonna get like he I don't think he's gonna catch anything from this case.
1: Yeah, I felt bad to start last episode, Bobby. You asked me what are your initial thoughts and as typically like The co-host that doesn't start off a podcast, usually they're the ones to kind of give their initial thoughts to things as the as the other co-host introduces the show. Welcome to podcasting one on one. And I felt bad because I was simply like, ah, I don't know, Bobby, I kind of want more information to come out before I kind of react to anything. And I now don't feel bad about having that take (laughs) because that was the most reasonable uh, take to have, in all honesty. And in terms of how we've how we've covered this as a talking Giants team, uh, you living in Florida, and, you know, and having your own experiences in, in Florida, just being a resident of that state, and me being a criminal justice major and just graduating and getting that degree, it, this could not have come at a better time. Really unfortunate for DeAndre Baker and the Giants, but it it it's just worked out perfectly for us.
0: Yeah, it was fun to do the uh, the stream on Sunday morning, going through <laughs> it. So let, let but let's go through it because. I want to give people some information besides like, like most other people are saying like, we're like cut him. And now they're like, wow, he might get off, but blah, blah, blah. So let's go through it. The affidavits. So both lawyers, uh, Dunbar and Deandre Baker's, uh, lawyers both claim that they have affidavits, uh, contradicting what the initial, uh, police report said. And from what the police report says, the only evidence they have really is the witnesses. So, it seems like, and I, I'll give credit to Pat McAfee, man. He did a it's, he did a good video, and it was a, what a lot of people are thinking is like. And we said it we said it on Friday's show is like this is not some family barbecue they went to. This was a party, and there was a lot of nefarious stuff going on. There is no way they were just at some random party and did this, and that's exactly what it was. It was a poker game. They even said that in court. It was a poker game,
1: illegal, illegal poker game. Yeah,
0: and what it seems to be. Is that DeAndre Baker and Dunbar, or one, you know, one of the two, won money, and these guys weren't paying up, and they wanted their money back, or it, I don't want—I don't want to speculate too much, but basically, something of that nature happened. And am I saying that Baker and them used guns? Um, I don't know, May, and they probably did, but these people are now realizing that they will get screwed in this too, and they're going to get countersuits, and I think that's why they changed their affidavit. So I don't—I'm not going to say they're telling the truth; they're lying. But I, we knew from the start, Justin, that this didn't make sense. This did not make sense that they just went in here and committed a robbery. I mean, everything, every piece of evidence in there was, like, really dumb. Like, the, my favorite part was the getaway cars. Like they parked their cars in a way where they could leave easily, and they had three getaway cars. And it was, like, a Lambo and, like, a Mercedes. That
1: was like that, that was a huge part of the arrest report. That, that was sounds huge. Like
0: the, yeah, and... That was, even in the bond hearing, the the prosecutor was like, that was one of his big points. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Who goes to anywhere? Like, when I go to Publix, I make sure I'm in a place where I can get out easily. People back into their car. Like, it just didn't make any sense. What do you mean they could leave easily? They were there for three hours. So, who's going to stop someone from parking in front of them? You know what I'm saying? And if there's three people and it's a planned robbery, why would they have three different cars And three, flashy cars. It didn't make any sense. Like, I thought that was the funniest piece of evidence of it. And it just seems like this is all falling apart. And even the people who were coming out strongly and, like, there were some lawyers being like, oh, wow, 1020 life and 60 years mandatory. And I was like, come on, like, stop. And now those people are on, like, this case is screwed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, something that I didn't mention last episode, and and I regret it, so I apologize, but I'll mention it now. I mentioned the notion of overcharging, you know, when you get arrested, you know, the initial charges are always going to be a lot worse than what it ends up in, Uh, you could risk it and you can go to trial. And that's why most of these cases over like 95% of all criminal cases, they result in these guilty pleas, because people don't want to take the chance and go to trial. So you plea out and you take and you take a guilty plea bargain. But I also did say last episode that the worst enemy to any kind of prosecutor and the worst enemy to any kind of district attorney's office, it's good representation. And what did Quentin Dunbar and DeAndre Baker have? They had very good representation. Bobby, I'll be completely honest, and this kind of bugs me. Again, criminal justice major here, and I've witnessed a lot. I've witnessed a lot, a lot, a lot of bond hearings, and uh, they call it arraignment court in Philadelphia and pretrial detention stuff. I've witnessed a lot of that in person those kind of hearings and you even heard the prosecutor mention this during Baker's bond hearing those kind of hearings aren't supposed to be adversarial <laughs> and that's kind of like what it was you had you know both prosecutor and 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 uh and defense attorney you had them arguing you know facts of the case innocence and things like that and that's not exactly what that's supposed to be so what we saw you know those 15 minutes that we did see that total Baker's hearing that's not how it's uh, usually supposed to go, but regardless, I mean that was it, it was a big win for Baker. Uh, let's should we review actually like the final results because I'm sure a lot of people, you know, if you don't follow us on social media um, and if you've been out of the loop for the last couple of days, should we review actually what happened with DeAndre Baker? Do you have that right in front of you?
0: Uh, well, basically he had you know the four the four counts of each you know the four counts of arm burglary and the four counts of uh, aggravated assault. So each one of those ended up being a bond of $25,000 uh, coming out and $200,000. Um, and then he has to pay 10% of that to get out. Yep. So $200,000, he had to pay $20,000 to get out. So DeAndre Baker is out. He got out. Um, he got out at, He got out very quickly, which was kind of surprising. Usually they, they make it like a 12-hour process. But he got out very quickly. Um, so he's out now. And they originally. I know some
1: questions. I know. So, save that thought. I know some questions that people have in terms of like paying bond and stuff like that. If DeAndre Baker shows up to all future court appearances, he will get most of that twenty thousand dollars back. That's just how that works. Now you know there's going to be court fees and it stuff depends. like that.
0: Well, it depends if if he paid the full two hundred thousand dollars, then he'll get that back. But if he use a bondsman, then he won't get that back.
1: Right. Right. So.
0: Which I don't know some if people, he had the two hundred grand. Some people were asking grand, about but, that. Um, that, that's like how bail bond makes their money. So if he pays the two hundred, if he paid the whole two hundred grand, then he'll get his money back. If he if he only paid the twenty thousand, he won't get his money back at all. So that and he was uh pit to stay in the state of Florida. Now he lives in Florida, so that that was big. You know, they they were always going to get a bond. I don't care what anybody says; they were always going to get a bond. Um, and the big reason, the, like you said, with the overcharging, the big reason the state wanted to get no bond is so that they weren't trying to reduce the bond i mean it's 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 like freaking business really so he has to stay in the state of florida now this was also really big in the case deandre baker has a concealed weapons permit which is huge you know what i'm saying whatever weapon he allowed he he was legally allowed to have um now he's supposed to turn in his weapon but i saw today that they're filing a motion for him to be able to leave the state of florida and do that and and uh, hold on to his gun so I mean, I think this case is screwed. I really do. Um, you know, I know we're doing, you know, fake street lore, but I, I think this case is totally screwed. And I don't know if the state's gonna try and drag it out because they've dug their heels in and made them and made themselves look like a-holes for posting it on social media and stuff, but they really don't have a case, especially with these affidavits.
1: I'm not really sure about, you know, what's gonna happen next and what the and what the state and what the prosecution, what the district attorney's office, what they may pull next. Um I was worried now, um B- Bobby said he wasn't, but I was worried when the prosecution' I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna talk about this quickly, and I know this is criminal justice uh, Bart you know uh, talk, and this may not be interesting, but the phrase that they were using a lot during Dunbar's hearing now Dunbar's hearing was kind of done first, and then it was Baker, so they were back to back. The phrase that the prosecution was throwing around was proof evident presumption great, and that was kind of like the standard that they were using to say that Baker and Dunbar should be held without bond. They should be held in pretrial detention, not be given any bond before their trial. And... That was kind of serious. I, <laughs> now, you, know, you said, Bobby, that you didn't really believe that, that that's something that they were going to say anyway. But for these first-time offenders, and especially Baker as a 22-year-old who's a first-time offender, uh, I got kind of worried about that. So that, if I were to, if you were to put a gun to my head and, oh, no, bad, bad time to have that metaphor. If you were to put a gun to my head and say, Justin, what do you think is going to happen next? I would say the prosecution's going to try to dig their heels in. But don't take that, like, don't take my word for it. Because... I don't know. After the pretrial level is where I get kind of uh, not lost, but where where the criminal process I, I get less familiar with it.
0: I'm more familiar with the pretrial level. All right. So, also Bradford Cohen, his lawyer, um, he's kind of a baller. I mean, that he had that line <laughs> at the end where he said, uh, "You know the, the the prosecutor's like, I didn't hear what he said. He's like, I said you have barren walls. There's nothing on them." And then laughed and walked away. I thought that was pretty funny gamesmanship total gamesmanship we were supposed to have him on the show and he goes to us that one is not i was definitely aggravated because i knew that one would pull in a lot of new listeners but i also get it from him it's the, it was the other person that we we're supposed to have on that had me starting off the show like an angry old man i was gonna put Let's... it i was gonna set it up on a t for the guy i mean i told him i was like we're the number one rated giants podcast deandre baker still ha- is in a negative light in the giants fan base i think it, i mean i was gonna put it on a t for this guy to just go off and, and two points. I mean, he was on The Apprentice. The guy's a baller. I mean, you look at his cases with um with Kodak Black. He had plaques for some other stuff, not the uh not the uh, the gun case. But yeah, he he's he's a baller. This case is Dunzo, my man.
1: Case is Dunzo, but right now there still kind of is a question on Baker's time with the Giants because he was asked to, even though he's released on bond and he's home he was asked to not come back by the team. So there's there's a little bit of that. What do we kind of uh, take with that? Do you read into that at all? Oh, huh, huh. I want to I say no, because letting him work on his legal troubles is that just seems like the right thing to do and waiting for this to kind of play out. Is the league going to step in at all? You know, the league is going to step in when the legal ramifications are fully sorted out. So, yeah, but also, Bobby, my I'm also thinking there's no media distraction because if they were actually in the facility in East Rutherford, New Jersey, then we're talking about, okay, Joe Judge is having to come up and talk to the media every day about this. But, but since they will not, do
0: like a media session.
1: But yeah, they'll do a media session, but he could say no comment once and then that's it. Instead of it being like an everyday kind of thing where everybody's right in front of your face. You know, everything is being held virtual. So how much of a distraction... Can the presence of a virtual person be versus their physical person? I understand, like, him being there, like, in, in person and them, him physically being there. I can understand how that's maybe a little bit of a distraction, but him being there virtually and when you don't have media, you know, uh, on your ass every day, I, I don't know. But I don't really take anything big from it, though.
0: Yeah, I part of me wants to read into it and like, ooh, I don't want him around. But here's the thing here's the reason I don't want to read into it too much is because. DeAndre Baker didn't find out like how we found out that he's not joining. You know, he didn't get a headline of they're asking him to stay away during many. Games. Like they talked with him, Joe Judge. You know, you know at least the Maris and Gettleman and probably Joe Judge all talked with him. I'm sure they ripped him a new one. So he, I'm sure he kind of knows his state. Like he may know if he's probably gonna get cut. You know, and and someone pointed out to me yesterday that there is a good reason for them to wait because if he did, is found guilty. Then there's ways to not have to pay his, you know, not have to eat that all that cap space. So I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much on that. But that does lead me to a point because I think a lot of people just I feel like they dug in. They said so much bad stuff about DeAndre Baker that now they can't take it back. They thought for sure this was going to play out a little differently and he was going to be cut. So people just gave just went all out on the guy. Now DeAndre Baker last year sleeping in meetings. Now he and he was missing these many these these OTAs, these virtual OTAs, which is a big deal. Like there's no there's no excuse for him to do that. And the fact that he's going out and being a part of these you know big poker games and stuff like that and getting himself in trouble while these things should be going on. So that's not good. But here's what I'll say, Justin. Hopefully, this is the wake-up call for him because he needs it. Yeah. He does need a wake-up call. If he continues, and I'm not even talking about legal stuff, just the sleeping in meetings, the supposedly not having the highest effort, the you know missing, missing these OTAs and stuff, then eventually he will be done. But this kind of stuff does change people. Uh, I've seen it happen. So hopefully, this could be the wake-up call for DeAndre Baker. Now, yeah. could he also not be a wake-up call at all and he stays being the same person? And you know what? He looked pretty stoned when he got his mug shot. And I'm not like gonna completely shame on that. But if it's not, then yeah, maybe next year or something, you you move on from the guy, or you try and or you try and trade him. But there's no way I'm giving up on this guy after year one. He's got a ton of talent, he was the best cornerback in the nation. I mean, he he never got beat really in college. And he was playing against the top competition in the SEC. So he has all the potential in the world, and don't talk to me about his rookie year. Because one, yes, it was not good, but he also had some really good moments within it. So I'm not giving up on this, and that's real life. We can talk culture, 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 and be like, oh, they're hypocrites if they don't. No. Be who you can afford to be. If this is Corey Ballantyne and Sam Beal, then it's a different story. But guess what? Those guys weren't first-round picks, and they weren't traded up for And you know what, and it's not Janoris Jenkins at the end of his contract. It's not Plaxico Burris who just gave himself an injury and is a big contract, and it's like, okay, this guy is going away. It's different. It is a totally different case, and I just don't see them cutting him just flat out if he's not a re- if he doesn't end up getting any
1: time going back to your point of this can be like a turning point for him. Ralph Vacchiano actually had a an article where he you know uh ironically enough interviewed uh DeAndre Baker's lawyer. He seems like a changed individual, Patel said. In two days, somebody somebody going to jail, it can do that. He's scared straight. He's completely focused on what he has to do. He's just going back to work, and he's certainly looking forward to nobody taking his position. He doesn't want anybody taking his position as the Giants' starting quarterback, and he said twice in that interview that he is basically scared straight. Now, of course, this is his lawyer. He's going to say these things, um, but it's to you know, Bobby's point that he basically had the, the night that this all happened is – the dude, you know, the, the dude has an opportunity to turn things around. And Bobby, this is where I am. This this is where I am. I'm a big macro thinker. I'm a big macro thinker. I'm a big macro uh take guy when it comes to the New York football giants. In simple terms, the New York football giants are a better football team when DeAndre Baker is on it. Before you maybe you even respond like in depth. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, of course. So at the end of the day, the team and only the team, and this has been my problem with everybody on Twitter, you know, number one being the moral authority of the New York football giants. You know, everybody thinks that they are the moral authority. I have a little bit of a problem with that. You have every right to have your opinion, but I have a little problem with you being the moral, every, if, if you are this person, being like the moral authority of, you know, who our franchise, who should be on the team, and who should not be on the team. That's number one. And number two, the team and only the team is going to have the discretion to determine whether DeAndre Baker is a high-character guy, a bad-character guy, a good teammate, a bad teammate, and whether he deserves to be on the team or not be on the team. The team and only the team can make that determination. Not you on Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so it's... why not just let them make that decision for themselves and wait for this to play out i know waiting is such a difficult thing in the age of social media and when your thumb can press that tweet button but please before you call somebody a piece of crap before you say so, oh
0: what about speculating that maybe he's going to kill himself how about that should we do those oh, kind of oh my
1: gosh uh, just just wait and let the team trust the team if you trust joe judge now, I, now, Bobby, you know, uh, hindsight's 20, 20 and I don't know if I trust Pat Shermer to make the best decision, especially since he cut somebody for t- tweeting something. Like you said, different circumstances. He was at the end of his contract. The Giants were probably going to cut him or trade him anyway. So different circumstances, DeAndre Baker's first-round pick. But if you trust Joe Judge and you trust what he's doing for this football team, continue to trust him and let this situation play out. I'm done. My rant's done.
0: Also, you can win with criminals. <laughs> You know, if they're hardworking and and I know this take probably isn't like the most warming one, but I'd rather have a hardworking criminal than a lazy, you know, guy who's great in the community. I'm serious. You know, now granted DeAndre Baker right now looks like he's in the category of both. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the issue right there.
1: Baker's lawyer in the SNY article actually said, uh, and I guess I guess he told this to Baker. I don't know. Again, take, this, take everything with a grain of salt when you see a lawyer talking to a reporter. But you either have the opportunity to be Ray Rice or Ray Lewis.
0: Well, now everyone's going to make the Ray Lewis murder jokes when they don't really well, actually know what happened. I hate problem. the Ray Lewis murder jokes. I really do. I feel like replying to every single one, but I don't because I don't have I just I just I
1: just I can I don't have time for that kind of stress in my life Justin. All right, that's um do you have anything else on this cuz I feel like I've uh, I've exhausted I've exhausted my takes. I, I I feel good.
0: No, we're good. So this would be the part of the show where we could took, kick it to an interview and then and then another interview and you get a nice 45 50 minute show. But guess what? We don't have any freaking interviews. And I'm frustrated. I really am so freaking frustrated by that crap but it is what it is so let's take a quick break and we'll uh we had some vo- had a voicemail and some mail back questions we were going to answer on the last pod until DeAndre got arrested so let's take a break and kick it to that
1: Mail time Mail time The mail's here Come on
0: Here's the mail It never fails It makes you want to wag my tail When it comes I want to wail Hey, guys, this is Matt. I was just sleeping a voicemail, but I think I got cut off. Um, Colin here from Long Island. want
1: to say big fan of the show. Put a lot of my friends onto it. Um, you know, everyone loves you guys. Um, definitely stick with it. One question I got for the pod, um, obviously it was Stephen Corbett got the big three. We got Shepard, Slayton, Tate, um, and then we got Ingram and Caden Smith down at tight end. Definitely have some options, but once those names go out, uh, you know, obviously we start getting down to the Colemans and Cody Coors. Uh, you know, obviously with all the issues we have on the defensive side of the ball, is there like a slight feeling of being absolutely terrified if one or two of these guys goes down for the season? Um, so looking forward to the next episode. Also, Penn State represent, go Cam Brown, go Saquon, go Grant Haley. Uh, can't wait for the pod. Thanks guys.
0: So for one, thank you for recommending to friends. That is huge because then you already have the recommendation to someone else. So I like that. Now, Justin, I kind of agree one hundred percent with Matt. Yes. Like yes. Like if one of these guys goes down, it makes me think that there might be someone out there in free agency that they might go and add, and maybe that's something we can go and look at. If one of those guys goes down, Corey Coleman is in the lineup or Austin or one of these undrafted free agents. I mean that's I mean, let's go through the the wide receiver roster real quick. Alex Bachman, um, no. Corey Coleman, like, last year I would have been okay with that. This year, I'm like, I want to see it from Coleman. Cody Core, I actually thought Cody Core had some decent receiver skills, but they never really used him as that. And then you got Derek Dillon, the undrafted free agent at LSU. Austin Mack, Damari Scott, no thank you. David Sills, the white boy from West Virginia who can go up and get it. That is an interesting one. I'm very interested to see how he does with us in a preseason last year he was with the bills you know we got benjamin and then benjamin victor um the other wide receiver out of house the undrafted free agent i mean I like him there's guys i like i there's the undrafted free agent guys i definitely like those guys and one of them will make the roster possibly even two hell maybe even three like let's 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 get crazy with it but yeah i i agree it's kind of terrifying to see what happens if one of those guys goes down and what happens if two of them go down i mean it's going to be the patriots game all over again
1: yeah what you saw when i'm more I'm more worried about Shepherd going down way more worried about Shepherd going down number one because you, you just feel like he's the most susceptible guy in terms of guys that you feel like can actually get hurt. Shepherd is the most susceptible guy to injury right now, and he's also kind of like the most important. We talked about separation. I talk about wide receiver separation somewhat frequently on the show. I haven't brought it up in a long time. The last time I brought it up was that analytics episode with Anthony Tomano, where we looked at like, hey, you know we thought that Golden Tate was going to be this big possession guy. Turns out that he's this big he's this big play guy that actually doesn't get a lot of separation and doesn't find a lot of space in the, in the middle of the field. Everything has to be kind of like in a tight window for Daniel Jones. Shepard is the opposite. He's a guy that's smart. He finds holes in the zone. He's kind of like a security blanket for Daniel Jones, and that's something that every single quarterback needs if they're going to be successful. So even just losing him 100 100%, that does worry me because while we like some of these guys that we have, you know, undrafted free agent pool, you know, Corey Coleman, the potential for him has always been something that the Giants fans have been talking about for three years now. Two years, three years now. So I mean, last year I was
0: expecting Coleman to be wide receiver three, and then like the first day of camp he goes down, which was yeah. heartbreaking. But with the questions if Coleman could perform already, paired with an ACL injury, I hope he does figure it out. But I'm not, I'm not putting any chips into like the Corey Coleman table. And if you don't give me my money, I'll shoot you. All right, sorry, well, that was a bad joke.
1: Well, no, but 100. I I think this Matt asked a great question that we are not kind of talking enough about. Now, we don't want to live in a world where we're paranoid about our wide receivers getting injured. Let's just say, hey, everybody's going to play 16 games. We're all going to have a lot of fun. But especially because we don't know outside of those top three on the depth chart, we don't know what these guys can actually bring to the table besides the stuff that we see them doing at college or stuff that we just haven't seen. You in know, Corey Coleman, we haven't seen it in a couple of years. We don't know what they can bring to the table, and especially in a new offense with the new scheme. Uh worried. But it's like it's a worry that's in the back of my brain now. It's not at the forefront of the brain.
0: Yeah, it's all it's all about staying healthy. So we'll, we'll see. Jamar Chase 2021. That's what I'll say. Jamar Chase. <laughs> I, I'm still in love with Jamar Chase. It's unbelievable.
1: Oh gosh. Well, some people are gonna have problems with drafting a wide receiver in the first round.
0: Hey, defense doesn't matter. PFF taught us that, didn't it, they? <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> just spend on corners, draft on corners, and then just you know, once you have the offensive line fixed, you can spend, you can do a, you can do a draft of wide receiver in the first round. All right, um, are we are we ready to move to our mailbag Twitter questions from last week? Mail time. <laughs> so first off, Dylan Rivera asked, and this is all on May fourteenth. So just just keep that in mind. Other than Baker, right now, do you think having such a young team could actually be a benefit in a time where all teams have to conduct team activities via Zoom and various other electronic teaching meetings or teaching methods? I read that wrong. I don't know,
0: man. I th- I feel like being I on the hear. field, being on the grass is is important. I don't I don't think it. Like I know, like it's been a discussion. Like, does it help this team? I don't I don't think it really like helps or hurts any team really. You know what I'm saying? Like. i i I think all these guys know how to use zoom if you got i I don't know if guys are bought in and want to pay attention it'll help them if not then it won't help them but reality that's like that's regardless so honestly i don't think it changes a whole ton because in these in these like early otas you're not running a ton of offense you know it's some kind of basic stuff although i do love them i really do i don't know uh so it's a, it's a hard question, I will say, I would say it probably would help a veteran team more so though, where you have that continuity and you don't have a new playbook um like obviously they're going through their playbooks and stuff, but it isn't the same as being in the classroom.
1: I think being bought in is is a key point here, you know which which coach can convince their guys to show up to work which coach is taking these like oh you know it, it, can you is there a coach out there that's thinking that you can accomplish nothing through zoom so therefore they're kind of just going through the motions and they're doing whatever um that's that's one coach but then probably coach judge is a guy that's you know uh, emphasizing everything and he's emphasizing every little detail so being bought in is huge but I will say this and this is kind of like a dumb take I'm calling this already a dumb take, but just to have something to say I'm gonna say it having younger guys on the team that are closer to their college years versus further away from their college years. They're used to sitting in a classroom anyway. So there you go. That's a dumb take, but there you go. That's a benefit.
0: (laughs) Hey, we, we, uh, we encourage dumb takes on this show. That's what the, that's what this show was built on was dumb takes.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, next question is from Patty Mac at Patty Mac. Uh, I didn't read Dylan Rivera's, uh, Twitter handle at DRivera 2267. Sorry, Dylan Rivera. Day one. Love figure you, it out, man. Um I know, p- figure it out. Patty Mac is at Patty underscore Mac double underscore. And Patty Mac asks, Who is the best punter in Giants history? Bobby Skinner, I'm coming out and I'm just saying right now, uh Sean Landetta, who you actually found. Out I who, love Sean Landetta so much.
0: I've loved him my whole life. <laughs> I you know, it was just since I was six years old, I just loved Sean Landetta.
1: Uh, He was a punter for the Giants for a total of nine years. He was a three-time first-team All-Pro during his nine years. He was a two-time Pro Bowler, and he actually played—listen to this. He started playing football when he was 23, and then he was traded away from the Giants when he was 31 in 1993. He played until 2005. He was 43 years old. NFL career spanned from 1985 to 2005. And I'm trying to see, he missed the 1988 season, he only played one game, and then he missed some time in 2002, but he pretty much played like his entire, entire career. It nuts. 284 total NFL games he played in.
0: Alright, well, I mean, I got a guy who played, he, how many games did he play in total? 241, you said?
1: 284.
0: 284? Well, I got a guy who's played in 352. Okay, the Iron Man from the U. You might hear him on Big Black, Big Blue Cookoff. I'm gonna start calling it that, Big Blue Cookoff Live. Shout out Sam Beal. I'm going with Jeff Feagles. My man won a Super Bowl in '27, so he was the punter of my childhood. He joined the Giants in 2003. And fun fact about Jeff Feagles: he was number ten. And then what happened? Justin Eli Manning came to the Giants. Eli's coming. <laughs> Change the number to number 17. And then what happened? Plaxico Burroughs came. And they had to change his number to number 18. The guy's an ultimate team player. Yes, they paid him. But nonetheless, the guy's a team player. The Iron Man. Most consecutive games played in a row. I'm going with Jeff Eagles He's my guy. He's the punter of my childhood.
1: Six what, years with the Giants.
0: What about Brad Wing? Brad Wing was a, a fan favorite among the youths. The youths.
1: His freaking braces and blonde hair.
0: The Utes loved Brad Wing. They really did. I don't know if it was because he was like best friends with Odell or if he was like flashy. I don't know. But I mean, he had some, he was not a good punter in my
1: opinion. He was, he was best friends with Odell. And didn't they go to LSU together?
0: Yeah, that's where he was. And he had a touchdown at LSU. He was flashy, but I just feel like he was never that great. He just wasn't as bad as Matt Dodge.
1: His braces were also flashy. So there you go. Flashy braces. And his dyed blonde hair. An Australian,
0: Jeff Fiegel's kid is is now um he actually plays um for Miami. I don't know if he graduated. Let me look it up right now.
1: Jeff Fiegel's. Yeah, we got time.
0: C.J. Blake Christopher was a punter versus University of North Carolina. Oh, so he had one at UNC, and then Blake was there. Waters here for UConn. Wow. Okay, and then Zach Fiegel's. he was a punter. He's a currently the punter at University of Miami, and won the starting job as a freshman twenty seventeen. Yo, I, I like Riley Dixon, but I would love to get my boy Zach Feagles in the New York Giants uniform. I mean, look, I wonder if he has a stat page. Zach
1: Feagles. That's a great name, by the way. It flows well. I think Zach is just a powerful first name. It's a cool first name.
0: All right, I'm looking up his stats. So he averages, oh, not great, 38 yards a punt. That's not good, is it?
1: Um, for example, I actually, I mean, let's I just look at daddy's. Lendetta's, Lendetta's let's look at, page. Let's look
0: at daddy's. Hold on.
1: Oh no. Lendetta averaged like 40. He was a boss. He averaged like 43, 45, 43 yards per punt. It's because Sean Landetta was a boss.
0: Daddy averaged 41. Ah, Sean Landetta's better. But he, at his best, he was like at 44. What was, <laughs> what was Lendetta's best year?
1: Lendetta's best year was 44.8 yards per punt. Mm. Fiegels was 44.3.
0: But I will say, Fiegels was known for the coffin corner. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's about field position. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, pinning him down. He was good.
0: What was his career average? Fiegels was
1: 41.6.
0: 43.3. What about with the Giants?
1: With the Giants, it was 43.4. Mm-hmm. Aha.
0: You know, screw you, Lindetta and all you Lindetta stands.
1: <laughs> he lets uh he lets uh all the fans that meet him if he's wearing his Super Bowl rings. He lets them wear your Super Bowl rings. That's who let me that that. Pi- I don't know if I ever talked about that picture that I have. Um, that's who let me wear. Uh, I was like a ten year old kid, and he let me wear the '86 and '91 Super Bowl rings.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always been a huge fan of Sean Lindetta.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. Next question.
1: <laughs> oh, next question. Uh, this comes from. Colby Crossley, who is a news reporter in Colorado, fun fact, at Colby, K-R-D-O, 13. I'm guessing that's the news station. Who steps up now that Baker will more likely be off the team? Luckily, we drafted a lot of DBs in this year's draft. We also have some other, like, replacement questions, so should I just bang those out? Yeah, put it one? all in one. All right. So um, Alex Snay, ask at, and his at is at Snay Alex. Uh, talk about who will replace Baker if he's gone. Um, Andrew Thomas season at Ellsbury NYY. He asked, do you guys like Sam Beal? What should we expect from him this coming season, especially given the Baker news? So we got three like replacement, uh, possible replacement uh, cornerback questions.
0: All right. So let's, let me go through it. I don't know what they're going to do with Julian Love, but I'm, I'm slating in Julian Love at nickel for now. I am. And I, I like Corey Ballantyne more than Sam Beal. I'm sorry. I just, I feel like he showed me more. Whether it's in preseason or just pure talent, I feel like he's shown me more. Where Sam Beal hasn't showed me anything. Please don't bring up those end of the game years or end of the year games. He just didn't show me much. And even Valentine struggling in the slot, he just you could you could just see the way he has speed out there. He just looks more talented. So I'm a, I'm, I'm maybe I'm just higher on Ballantyne than most. So I would trust Ballantyne out there. And then the other option is you put Julian Love at the outside, who I think is it's pretty capable of that. And and then you um you you uh elevate Darnay Holmes and you have him play early, but that that is a recipe for being on the bad side of the fan base because he's you know he was an outside corner he did follow guys around so he did play a little bit in the slot so I I don't know how he's gonna be week one if he's if he's forced into that nickel spot.
1: Yeah, I think if Baker if there's any way that Baker's not on the team this year, they have to have to have to put Love out there and they have to put Love on the outside that's not to say that okay julian love is going to be playing cornerback 100% of the snaps you know if he needs to go back there and he needs to play safety with these three safety looks like we know that all these defenses like to run in today's nfl you know this is where valentine will come in but on a first and 10 first play of the game and we if we're talking about guys like who we want starting if baker is not on this team or if he's somehow you know not here to start the year whatever the whatever the scenario may be I want love out there. Opposite of him is going to be Bradbury. Holmes is going to be in the slot. And then you have McKinney and Peppers as your, as your safeties.
0: But guess what, Justin Deandre Baker is going to start week one. Suck it. Suck it.
1: All right. Last mailbag question. William Duncan at William Duncan. And why do you think Algec Rosas will have a bounce back season?
0: He has to, right? <laughs> They don't have another <laughs> kicker on the roster. Now, they'll probably bring one in for like right before camp. They'll just cut someone they don't like and bring in a kicker in just to have an extra leg in camp. But he has to. I mean, you got Joe Judge, who's this special teams coordinator. You keep Thomas McGahey. And, you know, he did have a Pro Bowl year where he only missed one kick. He's got he's got to. Or if, if he struggles to start out, don't be surprised if he gets cut and they bring in somebody else.
1: No, yeah, they they have to have a short leash with him because we can't have what we had last year. Especially if the Giants are in a position where possibly they're in more football games or they're winning a little bit more football games, you can't have, you know, losing games on kickers honestly makes me infuriated because I'm a guy that like I can kind of I could kind of care less if special teams just isn't involved in the game of football. And I know Bobby you're kind of the same way where it's like, yeah, I can kind of care less about special teams. People like to talk about it a little too much, but I was briefly, briefly looking, and this will be a project that I do on a rainy day where there's actually a decent amount of data and analytics on, like, sustained success for kickers. And you see a lot. Like, kickers will have an out-of-this-world year, kind of like Alder has had in 2018. And then... It's not only like a comeback to reality year the next year for some kickers, but it's like a bad year, and it's like, whoa, it's, you know and then the reality really comes rushing back to you. So I'm going to be interested to see, and what I think that data says is that after like their comeback to reality year slash really bad year, it levels out Now, I'm saying this like uh, I'm going in blind as I remember some of the studies that I looked at, but I kind of i'll look at I'll look into that more, and I will report back.
0: Well, what worries me is that his rookie year wasn't very good. You know, his rookie year was 72%. Right. and this past season, he was 70.6%. Um, now, it was like, okay, so his rookie year, he was 18 for 25. This past year, he was 12 for 17. Man, we didn't kick any field goals last year. That's kind of nuts. And then in that middle year, he was 32 for 33 and was just a, a friggin' beast. And then on extra points, he was less this year. He 87% um, compared to uh, this past year. It was eighty nine point seven percent. By the way, talk about extra, more extra points kicked. We had thirty nine extra point attempts this year compared to thirty two in twenty eighteen and twenty three in two
1: thousand seventeen. Yeah, no, we actually scored a little bit more touchdowns this year, which was freaking nice. Yeah, Um, thanks. Touchback percentage has went up by a ton. Here's you want to you want to take, and actually, this is a take and a prediction. Joe Judge is coming from the Bill, you know, Bill Belichick tree, right? And I'm telling you right now, Bill Belichick will publicly spit in the face of analytics, but privately and behind closed doors, you know, they're winning. For, they've been winning for a long time. Why do you think they've been winning for a long time? Obviously, Belichick is a great football mind, but they're using data, they're using numbers, and Belichick is even using data. He's been using data for a long time in his in-game decisions. The Patriots are one of the most aggressive teams in terms of going for it on fourth down. You know, especially in field goal range if there's a fourth and short, Giants are going to be going for it. I really think that Judge should should be aggressive. I think he will be aggressive. So Aldrick Rosas will not be out there. How many field goals did he kick last year, Bobby?
0: He kicked
1: Or how many did he attempt? Let me attempt He, att- he say, attempted
0: 17 last year, he made 12.
1: He attempted 17 last year. How many did he, att- did, he did he attempt the year before?
0: Thirty-two or thirty-three.
1: Jesus, oh my God! All right, I'm not going to say that he's going to attempt less than seventeen because uh, that's just bonkers. Aldrick Rosas will attempt less than twenty-five field goals this year. Boom. That's my. He take. attempted twenty-five his rookie year. Well, I less than I'm going. I'm taking the under.
0: Is that supposed to be a hot take?
1: I don't know. A- a- maybe a- ask me again in August when I do a little bit more research.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I'm not going to call you out on kicker knowledge. <laughs> I mean, all, my, my whole kicker knowledge is pro football reference right in front of my face right now. Yeah. Do you remember Jay Feely missing three um, game winners in Seattle 2005? Boom. Gosh, that <laughs> game pissed me off so bad. I hate Jay Feely so much. Now, ooh, should I say this? So, 2005, I was in seventh grade, I believe. I think seventh. Let's see. No, well, it was in the fall. So that means class of 2006. I was in. I was in eighth grade. No, I didn't do it, but eighth grade me and eighth grade was like the meanest a human being can be. I thought about doing that, but I was like, I didn't, you know, but I was almost that guy.
1: I'm glad you decided against that.
0: I, should we leave that in? I feel like that's not really good for the podcast, the brand as a whole.
1: You know we've already been skating on thin ice. I'll get rid of it. <laughs> all right, cut
0: it out. Cut it. All right, take 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 that out of the podcast. But what I want you to do is leave in this part where I said I'm going to say something, and then this part of me saying "cut it out." So I want the people's minds to wander. I want them to be a little bothered that I can't. I didn't tell them what I said. How does that
1: sound? Oh, so I'm just going to edit that whole thing out, but I'm going to leave you saying "cut it out." And the people's minds are just going to have to wander about what you said.
0: Yeah, whatever I said, just cut that part out, The um, the like the, whether it's four or five words, and just leave the rest in. Maybe put a like, little bleeping noise in there um, for the people. I'll
1: put Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. All right, wah, sounds wah, wah, good. Wah, wah, All right, I'll sounds good. That.
0: All right, do we have anything else?
1: No, no more mailbag from last week, no.
0: All right, so we'll try and be back Friday with the Anthony uh, Tomato danny King episode. We were supposed to do that last week, but obviously news happened, so we didn't. So we're going to try and do that. and then If enjoy anybody else your- gets arrested. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Uh, shout out Cody Latimer. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, and then Tuesday we will have the Dan Snyder interview out. And then I think the Friday after that, Justin, we're going to do our uh, 53-man roster prediction Uh, slash 2021 free agent class podcast. So we're going to get the two like really gimmicky topics out in one, one episode together.
1: Oh, that sounds great. I'm so excited to predict the future.
0: All right. And I'm working on some other interviews, some fun, some different types. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but as you can see it tell from the beginning of the episode, don't bank on it because people are flakes. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys on Friday. Until then, let's go big blue.